For more than the past year, we've been telling kids that to be close to each other is dangerous, literally. And now it's time to start reintegrating back to school, sports, and activities, but it's not as smooth or seamless as we might think. There's a lot going on. On top of that, kids today are growing up in a world where cell phone use and screens is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, all the time. Face-to-face -face socialization has been on the decline for years. There's a lot for concern. And the primary way teenagers grow is through healthy peer relationships. They learn about themselves and how the world works. And what's most important in life is they journey together, shoulder to shoulder and face to face. But when a lot of kids are carrying heightened anxiety about being together, and fewer kids in general have any adept social skills, it's time for us to rethink how we support kids in building those relationships. So welcome to our limited podcast series on social reintegration where we interview educators and practitioners to discover best practices and common sense tools for anyone who has a kid in their life. Welcome to the U School. Okay. Hey, uh, Mr. Sevilla, <laughs> Travis, thank you for being on the U School podcast. I think you've been on it before, or at least I've filmed you before. So yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> you're welcome back to the U School world. Uh, we were in a conversation the other day and I just thought I want to get you a part of this series of social reintegration we're trying to help we're trying to help kids and families and teachers think about re-entering back into the world and a few things that you were talking about i think one you were just sharing the challenge of having connections socially with students when their squares are blank and yeah. how different that is maybe just talk about that what that's been like uh for you trying to engage with students for sure um that to me has been one of the biggest challenges probably of all things, uh, just because the nature of my class is such that I like to connect with all my students uh, as, you know, as deeply as I can, because then I feel like they have a better uh, experience in the class, but then they also work harder for me and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the removal of the informal connection that happens day to day in the classroom is I think what makes that the hardest, because normally if I'm in here and there's kids here, and I'm walking around and we're not masked and all that stuff, I can yeah. see, you know, if a kid looks like they're having a bad day or, yeah. um, or maybe they're having a great day, maybe there's something celebrating or something, you know, whatever, but I can, I can kind of pick up on that stuff or I can see, you know, oh, they're spacing out a little bit. They're not focused or just all mm -hmm. those little conversations that I can have, you know, complimenting on a kid on his shoes or something like that, you know, like right. it doesn't really matter, but all of that is removed um, mm -hmm. when we're in the, in the virtual space, especially if they choose not to turn on their camera. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's been like the hardest to, to adapt to. Um, and yeah. so I found myself having to work kind of extra hard mm. uh, to do the same thing that I, I would do when I was in class, but to do it in a way that's like, you know, meaningful. So I spend a lot of time, you know, at the start of class and sometimes during class, like trying to just get kids to talk mm. um, either to each other or to me. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes they're better in the breakout groups, sometimes not, you know, it just depends. Mm -hmm. But uh you know, it is, it's, it's tough and it's a big anomaly. And as an educator, you don't know if you're reaching them or not. And that, that's also yeah. really hard because you have none of that sort of visceral feedback as to like whether or not anything you're saying resonates, yeah. uh, not even about your subject matter, but just about anything. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're bringing this up because so much of the focus that I've been working on, I guess, even through this series has been the kind of interpersonal friendship relationships for kids, the social skills of, uh, asking good questions, being forthright, opening up. Uh, mm -hmm. but I'm, but, but there's a dynamic between peers within the classroom that's been missing. Yeah. And you've of course tried to augment that with breakout rooms and, and chat discussions, those sorts of things. 
what do you think what do you think kids need as the world starts opening up as schools start opening up what do you i'm just imagining it was hard enough for me to go to school as a shy yeah yeah kid. but now if if you're especially out of practice what would be your tips or advice for kids as they come back into school i mean for kids i think the main thing is to try to quickly as quickly as possible sort of find your people on campus mm. um you know whether that's through joining a club or doing something like that as we mm. kind of are able to, to gather again but i think i think the hardest thing is is you know we were already kind of moving towards a, a socially distanced way of communication anyways right. you know, a lot of the kids use text and, and yep. snapchat or tiktok to kind of talk to each other um so getting kids to kind of interact in the classroom or wherever, you, mm. wherever they can, I think is like a key one. Um, but it's, a, I don't know for the students, like it's gonna be a really hard hard ask, I think for some of them to get them to kind of like come out of that shell mm. of just kind of feeling like, well, I'm kind of safe in my little bubble over here. Yeah. I, I don't really wanna risk anything. And, and I think that's the hardest part, I think for, for the parents and the educators and for peers of people who have shy friends or whatever, is just getting yeah. people to be a little more courageous or providing mm. opportunities for them to kind of come out of the shell a little bit. Um, you know, in terms of as a student, I think that the hardest thing is just to, you have to kind of like decide that you're willing to put yourself out there at some point. Mm. Um, and it can be small. It doesn't have to be yeah. like, I'm going to stand up in front of everybody and tell everybody right. no life story, but just, um, you know, like case in point, like in my today, you know, we started class in all my classes with a question. And mm. uh, in one of the classes, it was who's the scariest teacher on campus. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And then and then the next class, uh, the, my last class that just left my classroom, their opening question was, you know, uh, what kind of parent do you want to be? Wow. And and so like, you know, it changes. Awesome. And uh, and then yeah, that led to some great discussions, yeah. both online and in person. I had a, about four kids here and they were having really huh. good conversations about that. And it was interesting wow. the stuff that they say, you know. So but just seeing the difference of how organically easier it was for those four kids in person to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Than it was for the kids at home. Um, I think, you know, providing those opportunities, I think the key is going to be creating spaces where kids mm. can have sort of more intimate conversations with one another. Yeah. In terms of just like one or two or four or five people, as opposed to 45 yeah. people, um, yeah. might be a way to kind of ease them into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then I think like the other end of that is like on us as parents or as educators to kind of like continually kind of remind our our students or our kids you know about how to be in the world and, and hmm. you know, it sounds weird but like even practicing it <laughs> you know like, what do you like mean I, just like kind of you know i do this with my middle schooler all the time because they had very polite children and at some point they just stopped saying mm -hmm. thank you and you know looking <laughs> people in the eye and stuff like yeah. that so you know just reminding them in a non-nagging way oh, yeah. <laughs> um reminding them in a non-nagging way to like you know no it's okay to like make eye contact Hmm. And, and have something to say and 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 you know you, you're a valid person and, and you can like you can contribute to a conversation yeah. even if you're not like an expert in that conversation you know whatever it is yeah so i don't know i think there's a lot of like different tools and tricks that we're gonna have to like implement as a society yeah but, like as a teenager i think a lot of it's just going to be kind of like finding those opportunities where they can start to be together again enough hmm. to where they can start to kind of hmm. feel a little bit better about like uh having a conversation and that's you know and we can get into the larger conversation of like yeah. the idea of being safe to do that um, and mm -hmm. what safe spaces mean and maybe how mm -hmm. that's used. Um, but there's a lot of that too, in terms of, and we, we had talked about that, I think the other day when we were, when we were discussing stuff, but like just this idea that uh, 
having difficult conversations is is difficult because yeah. uh, in now it's even in the name yeah yeah it's right in the name um so like getting kids to kind of trust that process as well you know that it's okay yeah. to have a disagreement with your mm. uh hang on one second here my computer says it's going to try to advance update on me i'm like no no don't do that yet um hopefully it won't restart on me in the middle of this um okay say no there you go um, well, on yeah. that, I, I, I think that's fascinating that you would, <laughs> you're, you're actually talking about two almost extremes from disconnection, disengagement, kids who are leaning away from each other, which has been the message. That's, that's really been the message. Parents and everyone said, stay away from each other, stay yeah. away from each other. And now we're actually completely like, never mind, not never mind, but now it's time to lean towards each other. And you're going like to the end of that to say, and not only come near each other, but come and have difficult conversations, talk about things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, that just, I, I don't know, that strikes me. <laughs> why, yeah. why is that important, do you think? Um, for me as an educator, I feel like, you know, without getting too soapboxy or, or too sort of political or anything in that way, um, sort of an apolitical message in my mind. Yeah. But like, you know, the point of education at least a liberal arts education and stuff like that was is has always been to prepare people for careers and all those things down the road, but but also to kind of like develop citizens, right? And mm -hmm. and people who who can engage in ideas. Um, and I think like generally speaking, at least uh, from the popular culture and the news and all these other things that we've gotten to this point where at least in academia, high school campuses, college campuses especially, people yeah. are less likely to have forthright conversations or feel comfortable voicing an opinion for mm -hmm. fear of being canceled or mobbed out or whatever whatever is going right. to happen to you if you right. don't have the, the belief du jour of like that particular group right hmm. um and i think that's really scary to me as an educator hmm. uh just because then, you, then you're just silencing ideas instead of like yeah. discussing ideas and, and, and pushing ideas and pushing hmm. thinking and i think that that that's a, a large disservice uh under the auspices of like what education is supposed to be uh yeah. So for me, it's like, wow. that's why I, I kind of want people to have those difficult conversations, you know, obviously in a way that is, you know, fair and, and right. you know, I hate using the word safe, but like, you know, a right. respectful that kind of dialogue, respectful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and it's okay to agree to disagree. And so, you know, yeah. like those kinds of things. Um, but it takes a lot of development to get to that comfort zone in a classroom. Yeah. Students. Um, and, uh, well, that's, that's a, it's vulnerable. What we're, I think what we're circling around really is the topic of being vulnerable. Yeah, we have been telling kids, stay away. You are vulnerable. Your health is at risk. Your grandparents' health is at risk. And now come near each other. And I, I just, I'm just so struck by your vision for that because now we're asking you to, you're asking them, not everybody, you're asking yeah. them to be vulnerable with their ideas and their reputation. And we're now living in a time where we're more vulnerable than ever to disagree. So how do you create that? It, it reminds me probably the by far the most impactful class in all the years I went to school was a college class where I took, it was a joint economics and sociology class, two professors, and they would come up with social problems, social concerns as the topic of every class. And we had to come prepared to debate. We would be pre-assigned the debate. You're on the kind of conservative side, you're on the liberal side. Yeah. You're going to come and debate that. And I, when I look back on that, it forced me to get comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. And it was almost a safe, it was safer because I could hide behind, well, this isn't what I think. This yeah. is just what I was assigned. And I'm just trying to kind of embody that argument. Yeah. 
but it, it being inside that conversation, then it was like, oh, actually, not only is okay to debate and disagree, this is actually way better. <laughs> it's just more enlivening and it's transformational. And so I, there's some way to create that. And I, I guess one of my last questions, you're doing this through an art class and you were talking about what kind of parent do you want to be in an art class? Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your kind of thesis behind that? That's not <laughs> that's not on topic with your. <laughs> no, none of my questions for them are usually art related at all. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I just I, as a student of life, I guess I, I just like good conversation and like yeah. it helps me understand the students more. And it's stuff like I think about, like I ended up talking to them yeah. about, you know, listening to the students today, talking about what kind of parents they want to be. And I laughed and I was, I was like, how best laid plans. Cause I'm a parent. <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to wish you had all You're like, I'm actually taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Good luck with that. Um, but the, yeah, I, I don't have a particular agenda in terms of, it's not a, a sort of like a conscious, like I want to get this out of this right. group of kids right. or something like that. It's more like, let's get them talking to each other about mm. stuff that's kind of important. Um, hmm. and, and that's not something that they're going to really talk about at school, for instance. Right. right. But why not take five minutes and yeah, what kind of parent do you want to be? Right. Yeah. Cause you're at that age where you're probably complaining about all the adults in your life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what would you do? Different? You have an opinion. Yeah. You have an opinion. So, and it's something that's hmm. relatively safe. Uh, there's that word again, you know, like for them mm -hmm. to kind of have that discussion. Yeah. And, uh, but it could lead to some interesting pathways and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah so like I said, sometimes the questions are kind of deeper like that sometimes mm -hmm. they're really silly like like again who's the scariest teacher on campus and then you yeah. know like that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> and listening to the the students kind of like joke about that at least on our campus they're like no one's really that scary you know and I was like, okay, <laughs> they didn't okay. mention you I'm yeah assuming. they didn't mention me although one person said she said the teachers who, who seem to have it all together and are organized scare her and i was like they scare me too i was like yeah. they're like cyborgs i don't know what's going on how do you have it all together um yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my thing. I, I just, I think I want kids to just have cool conversations mm. and I like to get to know my students. So, so for me, it's like, it's a way that we can like have cool conversations that don't have to do with like, Hey, if you push this button, you right. can your compound path and illustrator, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, which to me is not interesting. I mean, even in my subject matter, it's sort of the same thing. Like the way that the class mm. is structured, there's, there's very little actual instruction in terms of like the technological part. There's right. enough to get them through, but I'm more interested in their ideas. Mm. Um, and that, that to me is like kind of what a class should be about. Right. Cause yeah. we're in the age of the internet. So if they want to learn a technique, they can literally right. learn any technique, more techniques than I know they want. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Or facts or whatever, but like, how do you apply that knowledge or how do you yeah. solve a problem for a client or how do you, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And to me, those are the skills that are like more valuable and more interesting, you know, just from a selfish yeah. point of view, like I, you know, <laughs> I love, I love getting to teach. I've been doing it for like 20 years now or whatever, but it's like, that's what keeps it engaging. Yeah. Those interactions. So. Well, there's yeah. a, I, there's a prompt that I'm thinking about. If you're a parent listening or watching this, if you're an educator and the prompt would be, what do you think? So if we're trying to help our kids integrate back socially, feel more comfortable, more confident, lean towards people. We can practice that at home by asking our kids about any topic, any hot topic. So what do you think about that? Yeah. You can prompt your class with a warm up exercise for your teacher. And, and like you said, here's parenting, here's politics, here's immigration, here's teachers on campus. Yeah. And then the prompt is, so what do you think? And especially when you couch that around with, I'm not going to jump down your neck. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I, I'm actually curious, genuinely curious 
you you are it's the training wheels that's the practice to yeah. be able to engage and have a dialogue yeah and i think as a, as a teacher it's harder and harder because of the fear of like saying the wrong thing asking the wrong yeah. thing, having the dynamic in the room shift you know negatively hmm. um, and that's the stuff that i'm trying to work against because i'm like no you know even if i disagree with a student like yeah. My response is always going to be the devil's advocate to whatever their position is, right? right. Like it's always right. about how do I ask you more questions mm -hmm. to take you down this path of like, you know, exhaust this logic, like figure out where yeah. it ends. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be what I agree with. It just has to be, yeah. I want you to, to really think. Um, and that's, that's a tough, and I know as a parent of like, you know, a middle school age kid too, it's like, you can ask the best questions sometimes and you get, yeah, <laughs> you know, monophobic, you know, <laughs> yeah. Grunts. yeah, grunts and, 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 uh, and then they disappear back into their room, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think asking the right kinds of questions, like that's, I don't know what that looks like for every, every person, but like just trying to be creative with like what types of questions you ask, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, figuring out what they're interested in. Cause there are those like larger existential questions that are out there that, I think everyone worries about, but I don't know that they necessarily haven't developed that language to articulate. So that's where it's great to kind right. of have those conversations at home right. and, and do that. And then there's stuff that's like, okay, well, what do you think about, you know, the legal age for smoking and drinking? Yeah. Yeah, know, yeah. Why, you, why would you change it? Or what would you keep right. the same? Or do you think it's smart? You know, whatever. Just right. asking kids yeah. those kinds of questions. Um, hmm. I don't know. There's like all kinds mm -hmm. of, there's great resources online. You can look up, the, you know, millions of questions to ask your teens and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Those if I have them, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's it's going to be an interesting challenge. I think for the next couple of years to kind of dig out yeah. of where we've kind of entrenched ourselves. Yeah. Well, thank life. you for uh, paving the way, giving us uh, an example to look at, and um, <laughs> not only thankful for what you do, but how you do it. So I get to learn from you and watch, and I want to be in your class. I mean, that's. Since I met you, I'm like, I want to, I want to come back to school to be in your class, which I, <clears throat> I don't think about that for many other classes. I'm like, how do I get through this as quickly as possible? So thanks yeah. for that, making it so relevant and relatable. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. I had a student yesterday and I was asking about classes to the, to the point. She's like, here's just one of the few classes where even when I'm at home, I don't want to get on my phone. <laughs> I was like, hey, oh. thank you. <laughs> like, I know what you meant. And I was like, that actually matters. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah pretty funny. All right. See you, Travis. Thank you. All right. Take care. There are a series of questions that are crucial for every young person to answer in order for them to be fully prepared to make the best decisions for their future. But they rarely get the chance to even think about these questions. One of the most common conversations we have with kids is about their future. And it's not actually helpful. We always ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And maybe it's an interesting question to us, but it's rarely helpful. Typically, it just creates anxiety and more confusion. And we like to finish that conversation with a nice little lecture. <laughs> but it doesn't give them clarity and confidence like we hope. So what's a better way to help them? That's what we want. Well, we put together a free mini course for students. It's called When You Get Older. And with just a few simple reflection exercises, we're going to guide them to consider who they want to be someday, not just what they want to do. It's a much, much more helpful starting point, and it's a conversation that can be started in the course and continue for years to come. It's really simple to get started and free. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Just click the link in the bio, share it with your kid, and we'll take it from there.